Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. This is Merrill Schindler. Here I am with Janice Hardoon from K-Town Collective and the Antidote, the only CBD superstore. It's in Los Angeles on Melrose. Check it out. And of course, Joanna Belson, our Canamom. And we're here with Shannon Barnett, who I'm told the last time I had you on, I called you Sharon. I apologize for that. I, I was don't aware remember that. that. Only my wife has noticed that. And you, like many people who have gotten into medical cannabis, myself included, have come into it through a physical problem. You know, you, you used it to heal thyself. Um, can, you, can you run us through it? You were a mess. I was a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that I came into this in the most indirect way. I wasn't looking for a career change. I was quite happy with what I was doing. I was working as a makeup artist. Uh, I was working with celebrities. I'm working in TV and commercials, and I'm doing all the cool things that 12-year-old Shannon was like, I had arrived. (laughs) And I just wasn't feeling well. And all my life, I've dealt with things that didn't make me feel well, that were weird or rashes or things like that. And they always were deemed inconclusive. We don't know what it is. Let's diagnose her with this. Oh, let's try that. Let's just see if anything sticks. And there's always that misconception that when you go to a doctor that people just want to leave with a diagnosis. And the truth is you kind of want to leave knowing what's actually wrong, not just a consolation diagnosis. And it all started to come to a head for me in about 2013 when I really just started not feeling well. And it started to show on the outside. And I started to have rashes and things that were completely unpredictable and painful. And I started to be really tired. And and for the years prior, I thought there was no reason for me to feel tired, so I would push through it. I found out that I was pushing through a thing called fatigue for like seven years. <laughs> I'd wake up tired with no reason, so I would push through it. And, and it started to stop me where I could not get out of bed. And... I started having just a lot of things. So, and this was more than chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, I, it was debilitating. It got to the point where I was dealing with just the fatigue syndrome part that comes with a lot of autoimmune conditions for a while, not knowing. And then it transitioned into debilitating fatigue 95% of the time. And 5% of the time, it was less debilitating fatigue. And as someone who went through autoimmune, as I did, which is what got me into mm-hmm. this, um, the problem is they have no idea. They really have no idea. They just, we don't know where it came from. We don't know what to do with it. Uh, we're not even sure what it is, but it's autoimmune. And it's like, well, thanks. Bill, bill my insurance. <laughs> well, I, the thing that I like to say is, you know, when I, when I finally made it to the doctor, right, I just had, I, I was convinced I had a parasite. That was my own conclusion through Dr. Google. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> and so when I found out that I had systemic lupus and Sjogren's, I was a little taken back because the parasite was something I could resolve. The lupus and Sjogren's had no cure. And 
I was a bit devastated because... Lucas, you've heard of Shogren's is a mystery? Shogren's is named after someone with the last name Shogren's, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it is essentially the white blood cells attacking the moisture-producing glands throughout the entire body. In other words, you're going to moisturize a lot. Yes, and it can, it can manifest in a lot of ways. The hallmark are dry eye, dry mouth. My manifestation in my mouth was devastating. I had no saliva. I had crowns lasting a year that should last 10 years. Oh. And I was on my way to dentures. So it was a pretty miserable, miserable place to be. Uh, when you get diagnosed with these things, though, there's really no, you know, again, every, this umbrella of autoimmune is quite extensive. It covers a lot, if I dare say too many things. And uh, the term autoimmune came to be before the discovery of the endocannabinoid system. I have so, something yes. very important that needs to be said is that Shannon has a bigger background than just the makeup artist, is that she also has a medical background. So it makes it very easy for her to take her personal life and attach it to some medical findings. So here sits all this medical studies that you're trying to find answers to. Here is your case study right here. So she failed to tell you that part that's very important. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a nurse and a makeup artist. Um, <laughs> but, and, and our, as are so many. Right. <laughs> just, it, just, it goes hand in hand. But the, the thing is, is that when you get these, these diagnoses, you know, this all predated the endocannabinoid system and the discovery of it, which was in the early 90s, which is like yesterday in medicine and science when you're thinking in that way. And when I got diagnosed and I found out what I did have, the standard protocol was steroids and anti-malaria drugs and I also had, I call it the party favor that comes with a lot of conditions, Raynaud's, which is a severe vasoconstriction of the capillaries where you lose circulation in your fingers and toes. And I know it. <laughs> it's, it's not fun. It's a really, really crappy party favor to get. Uh, but So I was already dealing with that, and so there's other medications like erectile dysfunction medication that I was given that caused a horrible rash. But how was yours? <laughs> it, I, it, I had a really hot ear. <laughs> My, all the circulation went right to my ear, uh, but I still had no color in my fingers. So I was, I'm very sensitive to medications. And so I just decided to do a little research and figure out what people were doing for these conditions. And I found a little bit of information about CBD. And I, again, really fatigued, not feeling well, just looking for an answer, a solution. And I'm like, this is what I need. So I went and got a medical marijuana recommendation and I went and got some CBD and I tried a bunch of them. And over the course of a few years, I was getting worse. And I just thought there had to be something more. And this was some six years ago, am I correct? Mm -hmm. So the industry was far less evolved than it is now. I mean, Janice, you've been in it for, you know, for-, for Over 12 more, years. For over 12 years. And I mean, you're a pioneer. You, you, were, you were back there hacking your way through the- the, when the we were making edible crackers for the dog, we were definitely in the dark ages. <laughs> but when I when I started doing, yeah, I got to the point after taking all this stuff and thinking that there had to be something more. At the end of 2016, I was left feeling devastated and my bank account was a lot lower due to the thousands I was spending on all of these products, hoping that the miracle was going to happen. And instead, I was just experiencing more and more symptoms and now... The outward expression of everything had gotten worse. I had sores and lesions all over my face and neck. And 
I, let's just be honest, vanity was a little important to me, and this was crossing the line. You couldn't tell if my kidneys were bleeding from looking at me, but you could see that I had something going on if I had sores everywhere. So I just felt defeated. I felt disappointed. I felt like there was something missing. And I started doing research to figure out why the products I was using weren't working. And I stumbled upon the endocannabinoid system discovery. I stumbled on the story of Raphael Meshulam and his commitment to finding out how our bodies respond to cannabis. We knew anecdotally for centuries people had been using cannabis, but no one understood how. And that research led to this discovery that we have a system with the largest amount of receptors of any receptor system in the human body. That is amazing. And by the way, remember that what people were using largely was THC. Mm -hmm. CBD was a byproduct. They didn't know about it. It could have been a key part in some of it, but they didn't (coughs) even know because those compounds hadn't been isolated or synthesized. (coughs) Of which there are are dozens, maybe hundreds more that have not been isolated and synthesized. So we, we, we know only We've not even scratched the, the smallest piece of surface here. I say anyone who thinks that they know everything about it is full of it. <laughs> That's very true. I have to agree with her. The minute so you much. think you know everything, you know nothing. The more we learn on the show, the is the more, more we, we know, know. Is the more we don't know. know. Yes. That's it. But it is. It is an abyss that we tremble. It's over. the stories that we're getting from our guests that are giving us the best information to move forward. Because everyone that's walked in these doors has had a story mm-hmm. of how they got connected to it. And because the U.S. government doesn't want to give us any studies, we'll just keep finding all the people with the stories. Yeah, there's, you know, one of the things that I, I found so interesting was that a lot of these products that had been on the shelf came in very standardized doses. Like, this is what you start What You start 10 milligrams was a microdose, essentially, and 25 milligrams was standard. And the more CBD in something, the better. And and the, what I was reading was that there's no basis for that, that everyone has an endocannabinoid system, everyone's is unique, and everyone responds differently to cannabis, period. So why would the starting point be anything more than a microdose? So what did you find that was working? Well, I found that there was more to the sourcing of CBD than just CBD when looking for the true full medicinal potential where that there's there's more what makes CBD really become this magical little unicorn of a molecule is the other compounds that are found in the whole flower cannabis so the you know CBD doesn't really bind to the receptor without a little help from its friend THC and it's supported by the terpenes are essential oil compounds that are found in many plants, like when you peel an orange, that's terpenes mm-hmm. that emit from it. And and terpenes have been found in cannabis strains, about 200 of them. And terpenes are like a genetic fingerprint for a cannabis strain and also provide a specific roadmap to therapeutic benefit. The, fe- the FDA has recognized the benefits of terpenes and they are generally recognized as safe or grass. So they're already approved, we can look to them beyond what we can't say about CBD or THC, we can look at the strain and look at the terpene profile and then know that what we know is still very little, but we know there's hundreds of other compounds that are present that likely play a role and that the sum is greater than its parts. So it's all of those things together that really create that true medicinal power. And when you are taking a preparation that contains all of those things, you don't need as much of it less is more less is maybe 
just as effective, if not more, in higher frequencies as opposed to a big dose. That's the microdosing that we've all been talking about. about the microdosing. So clearly something worked for you. What did you find? Well, I, I found that when I could start looking at strains to target specific therapeutic benefits, I was looking at CBD-dominant marijuana strains and found Ringo's Gift to be um, a, a beautiful one. It's a cross between ACDC and Harley Sue. And I started making oil in my kitchen. <laughs> I started researching decarb methods and infusion methods and just started trying them all out and sending them to the lab. So you were literally over the stove in your kitchen, boiling up this and frying up that. Breaking good. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. We've all been there throughout the years. We didn't have fancy labs, but we got made the medicines that healed people. Yeah, I didn't set out to start a company. I was just trying to make medicine for myself. I knew that there was more to this, this cannabis as medicine thing than what I was experiencing. And so I started, you know, I started tinkering with making infusions and in my research I had found one article that just mentioned microdosing nothing more prolific than that and the idea of taking a small dose and when we look at microdosing when used in in anything we're talking about taking about a tenth of a dose a recommended dose and starting there and this is the same thing we're seeing with uh, mushrooms and with LSD and and different ways that things are being microdosed in, in this very small way where you're you're getting the therapeutic benefit without any of the negatives. So the goal is to not feel it when you take it. So what started working for you? What I happened? started microdosing. This idea made sense to me that but if I'm what, so sensitive, it? it was the Ringo's gift. It was a coconut oil infusion. Okay, and I so started, it, was, it was a tincture. Just coconut oil. Not, yes. not a tincture, but actual coconut oil. So okay. the solid, because I had a lot of skin things going on. Oh, so, so you, first, spread, you put it on. It was, well, I, okay. I, the first thing I was going to make, because when I would look, when I would be at a dispensary, I would be looking at tinctures. A lot of them were alcohol-based or you know, a good amount of them at the time were. And, and when you have dry mouth, that sounds horrible Mm -hmm. and when you have a bunch of irritations and sensitive skin and you went to the topical section there was a decrease in overall cannabinoid content and an increase in essential oils and things that would be irritants for someone like me and i was like why can't there be one product that you can ingest and use topically Oh, so it's and like, there you are, sauna sauna formulas. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an and, all-purpose product. Well, and yeah, and sauna sauna wellness was born at that point, and now it company. is now sauna sauna formulas, which is my company. And I started with one product, and it was just for me. And because I am the 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 nurse at heart, and I would go to the studio whether I was baking cookies or making cannabis oil, I shared it with people, <laughs> and everybody came back with a whole bunch of things going on and saying it was working. And I just made a mental note because, again, I was fatigued. I could barely get to my own jobs. Like the idea of starting a company was not in the in the cards. But I couldn't deny that it was helping and I couldn't in good conscience not make that available to people. So I decided to test it out and put it into the market. And I started just the oil, one product, edible topical, humans and pets, done. But then I realized if you're going to be microdosing maybe eight to ten times a day, maybe you need capsules. So I, made, I was like, I'm going to put it in capsules and call it a day. But then I started realizing that you could really pinpoint those terpene profiles. And I had a lot of nerve issues. And my grandma had nerve issues. And I, had, I was getting some MS patients coming to me. And I'm like, well, can I pick a strain that would be really good for muscle spasms and nerve pain? And the black label was formed, which is now the crystal formula microdose, which was the Ringo's gift with the addition of granddaddy purple. From Santa Santa. Uh-huh. But now purple punch, which is a cross between granddaddy purple and Larry OG. 
and it was working. I, so, I was off of a muscle relaxer that I was on that I had to take three times a day. Were you doing all this by yourself and yeah. you bring in some research people to help? So, I am some, not a chemist. I was just determined. <laughs> so you were you were like you were a really good home cook. <laughs> as I was very good in the kitchen, but yeah. I, not a chemist, not a business degree. A very good researcher that could read a book and, and had a hunch. And if you follow your gut. In this industry, it usually takes you to the right place. And did you keep careful notes of everything that you were doing? So you yes. go back and recreate? I did. And and one of the things is, you know, I've, I've also had learning disabilities my whole life and things. I, I double-checked my math. I would write it down. I was doing all of the extra things to make sure that I was not messing anything up. And... Yeah, I just would, I would, I would make it, I would try it, I would give it to other people, and then I would decide, okay, well, this needs to be available. And, and with Sanasana, Sanasana formulas as it is now, essentially we are cannabis redefined. Redefined into? Into terms that people understand, into a way that matches the science that has gotten us to the point we are now, where before the discovery of the endocannabinoid system, the terms that were used and in, and the system in place was referring to cannabis by way of indica sativa hybrid and the ratios of CBD to THC or vice versa. And, and, and combined with the anecdotal responses from patients that were coming in, this system was somewhat effective, but was it the best way, the best clinical application, best practice of helping people determine what's gonna work for them? Not really. And you know, something we try to do here on High and the Hog is to de-scientific things if we can. Mm-hmm. Science is, of course, our, you know, it's, it's at the root, but we don't, you know, when too many terms are getting tossed around as often they are, we, I always like to go back and say, can you define, you know, tell us, I want a terpenes, mm-hmm. it's not a word I use often. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. one of the pleasures of you, um, Shannon, is that you, you keep it down to earth. I can see you in your kitchen over, <laughs> over your your uh, Bed Bath & Beyond potware. <laughs> I, I started this in a studio apartment in a building I was managing. So when people would walk in and the whole building smelled <laughs> cannabis, it was actually me. <laughs> and I started this. Yeah, I, people knocking on the door saying, what are you cooking? I, I, would, I would tell my my dog walker, Mary, I'd say, hey, you know, could you make sure you turn off the, the pot, you know, when you're in there? Like I had something that was on or it was just, it was a group, it was a collaborative effort to make sure I could do this. And I just was... I just was going. I once I started getting into this research, I didn't come out, and I still haven't. You don't have a secret life. You just go twenty four seven, and then your thought processes triggers another thought, and you're on to the next adventure. Well, and that's I, I what just, happened. I mean, here's thirteen years later, going from one avenue to another, and people are like, "Oh my God!" But that's what happens. I assume that you, you know it was you in your kitchen making the goldfish. It was me in the kitchen. Yeah. I made brownies back in the day when I was still taking, uh, making butter, taking the trim, the butter and the trim inside, outside in the sunlight so that the direct heat didn't hit it. And I came out with a brownie that tested like 85% THC. I mean, I had concentrates and I had everything. The goal was to make it as potent as possible. Mm-hmm. I never ate it. I just wanted the highest THC edible you could. Yeah. And yeah, then I was satisfied. But this is my attraction to Shannon was I, we were already microdosing when we met her in the process for which and how she helps people medicate. It's a very natural progression that it becomes part of your routine. And if you will stay on the routine, you'll find out that your insights just get in better balance. They're harmonized. 
um, your stomach ailments calm. I mean, I've, I've helped people with her products with diverticulitis and different kinds of other irritable bowel syndromes. I mean, whether you take it orally, rectally, you put it on your skin, you soak in a bathtub. I mean, there's just something to be said when you can marry the CBD molecule to the THC molecule for it to work. Yes, I know that there are people that can't take THC and they're adverse to it. There are other terpenes out there that'll mimic some of the the attributes of THC to get the CBD through your body. But <clears throat> Shannon would be the closest person you've heard me ask a lot of times, how do we get cannabis and all the miracle the miracle plant, the full spectrum plant is as, so, as acceptable as our antibiotics are from the rainforest. There's nothing different. It's just plants. Well, I think that the, you know, in, in the way that it, the, the thing you have to do in, in redefining cannabis is also educating people where this idea and I, I, it's like the new extension of like reefer madness is this idea that THC is bad and that if people are like, oh, I need something that has no THC. And I always ask why. Why do you think you need something with no THC? Or why do you have an aversion to it? Or why are you against it? And usually it's because they've had, and I wish I could untake this moment, with THC at some point in their right. life. They or, had too much. Or somebody, you know, they've just heard that THC is going to get you high, and they don't realize that CBD actually counteracts a lot of the negatives of THC. And if you consume it, and I mean, a single microdose of my gold formula has a milligram of CBD and 0. 0.04 milligrams of THC, it's, it's not going to get you high, but it's enough there to activate. And to, be, and, and to be able to do its job, but that's not going to get you high. And, and let's talk about psychoactive, because psychoactive is a term that is typically used and associated with the intoxicating effects of THC, but CBD is even psychoactive on its own because it can alter your mood. Mm-hmm. So, that it, so it's about being clear in the language that we're using and how we're explaining things to people. And, you know, it's not just reefer madness. I mean, how many of us... Um you know, relied on Cheech and Chong for our our <laughs> sense of, of what that was your education. Was. That's a yeah. problem. Yeah. I, my experience with you know, I, I the, if there was anything in the yearbook about least likely to start a cannabis company, you're looking at that her. would be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there was not. This was not where I was going to be. My I, I smoking for me. I would be paranoid. I didn't like how I felt. I'd have dry mouth, which obviously I didn't need any more help with. So. There was just a lot that it wasn't something that I was like, oh, this is going to be my medicine. I'm going to take it every day and it's going to change my life. But it has. Throughout history, or at least recent history, in movies, books, etc., TV, um, the cannabis user has always been shown, has often been shown, as the stoner, Mm -hmm. as the out of control, like uh, slurry falling down person. Like a few (laughs) (laughs) ex-boyfriends. Talk about your education and getting the knowledge out there. I know that with part of the Sana Sana formulas is that you wanted to start um, an education process where people could just go and get really good information. Yeah, so with within that whole cannabis redefined aspect of it, it's about giving people terms they understand. I always say if you, the, the ratio thing, there's a lot of arguments on it that people think it's like this key thing. I have people that come and they're like, I was told I need a one-to-one. I, I'm like, well, where does it come from? What's the source? It's a question we get often. There, but these things, yeah. but that question should also come with the source and a lot of other important information. Where those, where the, who cares about the ratio? Were those milligrams and were, was the, the cannabis source just barely passing? Maybe it had just enough, you know, close enough to pass on pesticides. Or, you know, there's a lot of factors you should be looking at about safe consumption. And so there's a need for an education platform, not just telling people they should be looking out for these things, but a lot of people don't understand what that means or how to look. So I decided to create a education platform called Canication, 
which is a free cannabis education, public safety platform, and also nurse consults. So I've always provided nurse consults at no charge through Sana Sana Wellness, and now Sana Sana Formulas will direct the consults to the nurses at Canication, and it's gonna be open to everyone, not just Sana Sana. So people who are in the industry or new to the industry or, or new patients that are just looking for answers, they can come and learn about cannabinoids delivery methods in simple terms and understand you know, why it's important to know if you're in a licensed shop, why it's important to know, you know, if you're in a license, if you if you're in a shop and you ask them if they're licensed, whether they are or not, they're gonna say yes. <laughs> so what what else can you look for? Or how can you verify before you go there? And what is the importance? majority of the products that are in unlicensed shops right now are not tested or they're operating off of old certificate of analysis which shows that they have passed a certain level of safety standards. Or is our, our old question of uh, when you get the ice cream with the two dollars more you get CBD on it what exactly are you getting? Exactly. It's just a little canola oil for two dollars? Ripped off. Ripped off. Very well, most, of, most, most of the stuff that's out there it's, it's, a, it's like a like the vitamin supplement industry it's one of the most yeah. unregulated industries so there may be a chance you're getting it, a chance you're not, the quality of it. It all comes back to rules and regulations mm -hmm. and industry standards. And right now in CBD world, there's none. If you go away from uh, cannabis-derived cannabis CBD, and therefore you have to know who you're, who you're getting it from, and you just can't go on the Internet and go to Amazon and because you saw a product on a shelf in a store and think that you're going to get the same product on Amazon – because there's so many bootleggers and there's so many con um, counterfeit brands that are out there, it's so easy to knock off a packaging and drop or something in it. Number. it oh. I mean, people are. I mean, the thing is, you don't take anything at face value. Look into not just where you're getting it, but if you're looking at a product, look into the company. What are their business practices? Is this someone you want to support? Where are they sourcing from? There should be transparency. It's not. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be, be a big secret. No, there should be. Like, that was what was so surprising to me is that when you would look at a lot of companies and see if you could find contact information, that was one thing. If you could get someone to respond to you, that was a miracle. Well, you had to be under the covers for a while. Yeah, but th but then it became this norm, and that you know people had to just accept the vague information that was available about products. You know, if you don't want to be available for contact, that's fine. But then put more information on your product. And speaking of companies, I'm assuming Sana Sana is not just you in your kitchen. It's not. It has grown from my kitchen to a manufacturing facility. Okay. And we are in the licensed market, which, as a single person operation, being able to cross over that. That line, um, it was huge. It's not an easy task. And now there's a team, and now I have I have people, and it's it's an incredible thing to see grow. But one of the big focuses for me was making sure that these products are something that are as e easily understandable for people as uh, over-the-counter medication or a prescription, where you have a clear understanding of why and when you're taking something, how it makes you feel, and when you might try taking something stronger, and having those options available. So we have things that are CBD-dominant, or THC dominant. People understand what that means. Mm -hmm. There's more CBD or more THC. Microdose, low dose, high dose, certified kosher, good for humans and pets. Like very clear icons that explain what this is and, and, and information to, if anyone tells you what you should be taking exactly, there's a problem. And, and oh, for Sana Sana, which is S-A-N-A, -A, mm -hmm. um, what are the products now? What have you expanded into? What was I thinking? I, I have a total of 26 products. Wow. And currently back in the market are our three main formulas, which are the gold formula is our CBD dominant, non-psychoactive. And again, we use that term to say 
not going to induce the intoxicating effects that someone would associate with THC. That comes in a microdose, low dose, high dose, suppositories, and the jar that you can just scoop on out and use it, ingest it or use it topically. The crystal formula, which is a CBD dominant, yet we don't say non-psychoactive because it has that THC strain, purple punch added. And then the rustic formula, which is the THC dominant formula in a micro low and high dose. So there's a lot of different options and delivery methods and strengths. And if you are coming into this, whether someone has experience, a tolerance or not, starting with microdosing is still the suggested starting point because it might work differently than anything else you've tried. And how's your disease now? I was a little fatigued this morning, but that's because I overdid it yesterday. So, so now there's usually a reason why I might feel a certain way, where before it would be for no reason. But across the board, I, I haven't had any major dental work done in two years when I was there every 45 days and exceeding $10,000, $20,000 out of pocket. Uh, my kidneys aren't bleeding. My skin is clear, as you can see. I have, uh, you know, my joint pain. All of these things are... You know, for those of us who have uh, gone through autoimmune problems, it's constantly, you're constantly checking, you know, because they don't know what causes it. They don't properly know what, what heals it. And it's like every few months I'm in to have my blood work taken and, and checked for a, an obscure disease called bullous pemphigoid. And it's like, you know, we don't know, but we're just... When we see certain things in your blood, you know, you're back on prednisone. Well, what I would say is that the, the, the discovery of the endocannabinoid system is going to lead to a lot of medical books needing to be rewritten to include it. Because it's not in a lot of medical books. Mm-hmm. It's missing. And that's where we get to that huge umbrella that has just gotten, it's become a dumping zone for things that they don't understand. And it, it's going to have, autoimmune conditions should be referred to as clinical endocannabinoid deficiency syndromes. I hope it's on Wikipedia. Well, Dr. I Ethan, hope we Dr. don't have to spell it. Well, doc, Dr. Ethan Russo is the one who put forth this idea of the deficiency or dis- like if you have a system, the endocannabinoid system that's responsible for regulating balance or homeostasis throughout your entire body in every system. If it if that's its role, if it plays a part in everything, if it's not working properly, what's going to happen? And that's why your CBD needs to become, become part of your daily lifestyle. Mm-hmm. As you said, lifestyle. My wife often quotes you, lifestyle. Lifestyle. Not just something you take every now and then. You it's can increase lifestyle. your dose if you have like a chronic condition or something that's ailing you. But you need to keep the microdosing every day so it stays and your body stays in balance. Your pH levels stay in balance. It's a whole lifestyle to do. It's another well, thing. If you want a day vitamin, take your CBD. <laughs> right? Well, just like if you have, if you're, you, everyone should be microdosing. If you're microdosing every day, just like you might get a steroid every so often, maybe you would have gold high dose in your medicine cabinet. Yeah. Just like you might have a pain pill that you would take every so often. If you had an injury, maybe you have a THC dominant, a small bottle of those. You have things so that you know that, okay, I, I don't take these all the time. These are as needed like any other medication. But when I need them, I have them. And you understand, and the only way to get there is by keeping a dosing journal and being able to keep track. That's the only way to know. I can't tell you how it's going to work. And, and if you want an, a, an effective follow-up consult with a nurse or to, ha- to, ha- to know what's going to work, keep track. It's the accountability factor. And of course, your Santa Santa products can be found at highly curated shops like K-Town Collective and uh, The Antidote. Go to reliable stores and you'll find it. Look mm-hmm. for Sana Sana. You can find it online if you want to know more. S A N A S A N A formula 
formulas.com. There's an S at the end. Joanna, you were going to say? I was just going to say, how do our listeners get in touch with you? You mentioned you do consults as part of your... So, Canication is going to go live in the next month, probably. So, there's a landing page there. But until then, you can email hello at sanasanaformulas.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at sanasanaformulas, S-A-N-A-S-A-N-A, formulas. You are, as ever, a pleasure. Your journey is remarkable. Uh, Shannon Barnett, thank you so much. The product is SantaSantaFormulas.com. The co-hosts here are Dennis Hardoon and Joanna Belson with Philippine Grande at the the board. This is Meryl Schindler. We'll be back next time with more Canvas. Canvas.